the manly men that I worked with could not write poetry, but boy, they could write a rap. Yeah, not the same thing. Not at all. No, no, no. Mm -hmm. But that's the thing. Eminem said, oh, yes, I've got all these great big emotions and I will put them to paper because that is one thing that will help me. Episode 19, Eminem is Autistic. Welcome to the Autistic Culture Podcast. Each episode, we dive deep into the autistic contributions to society and culture by introducing you to some of the world's most famous and successful autistics in history. Whether you are autistic or just love someone who is, your hosts, Dr. Angela Loria, the linguistic autistic, and licensed psychological practitioner, Matt Lowry, welcome you to take this time to be fully immersed in the language, values, traditions, norms, and identity of Autistica. Before we get started, a quick disclaimer on how we use the word autistic. The purpose of this show is not to diagnose the people or characters we discuss as autistic. While some may have announced being autistic, what we're really sharing here is our observation of what is representative of autistic culture. It can sometimes be difficult for autistic people to celebrate our natural tendencies and traits due to the perception of autism as a disorder that needs to be fixed, a long history of damaging medical interventions to get autistics to fit in with mainstream culture, and protective masking skills many of us have developed to try to stay safe. The purpose of the show is not to diagnose the people or characters we discuss as autistic, but rather to share our observations of what is representative of autistic culture. Well, hey, Matt. Hey, how are you, Angela? I am good. I know you saw this because I saw this in the Autistic Connections Facebook group this week. The internet was on fire with a meme about Eminem this week and whether or not he was autistic. Did you follow any of that? I, I saw that and uh, I, 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 I respect the conversation around it. I'm just concerned that there's a lot of internalized ableism about, oh, yeah, Eminem can't be autistic because he's nothing like my four-year-old autistic child. <laughs> yeah, actually, I'm going to get to that. He may have been like your four-year-old autistic child. I got a couple surprises for you in this episode. But the first thing to point out is the meme that went around this week, and I'm going to link to it in the show notes. First of all, it was from Asperger's Syndrome Awareness. That's the name oh, of the Facebook page. Fun so and ableist. I, yeah. Well, there's two things I want to ask you about with this. And mm -hmm. the first is when you go to the Asperger's Syndrome, actually, you don't even need to go to the Asperger's Syndrome Awareness page. It's on that meme. Their yeah. logo is on that meme. And their logo has a puzzle piece on it. Yeah. So it, it's a light bulb and the light bulb looks a little like the Microsoft logo. There are four puzzle pieces, green, yellow, orange, and then there's a red one. And there's a little like bean stick figure pushing the red puzzle piece into this light bulb shaped puzzle. And it says a spectrum of possibilities. I would like your take on this logo? I, well, first of all, a spectrum of possibilities. 
it, it reeks of what we call inspiration porn that people mm. like to read in order to feel good about themselves for a brief minute because rather than saying that autistic people are like any other human being, uh, full of possibilities and, uh, you know, issues when we that fix we have. Them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But it, so the puzzle piece being pushed in, I was like, oh, I guess we got to, we got to, this puzzle piece is awry. We got to fix this puzzle piece. But also puzzle pieces in general. Can you give us a little history of the puzzle piece and autism? So the, uh, I, I believe it was the Autism Society in England that first used the blue puzzle piece with a crying child uh, to indicate that there is a piece missing from us and that the puzzle piece was blue uh, to you know indicate that we are somehow incomplete, that we're missing a piece that makes us human. The uh, Autism Speaks was notorious for repurposing that blue puzzle piece for themselves. Actually, they might have been the one that added the crying child. We'll mm. add to, to the show notes because there's a lot of controversy around it. And uh, for a while, I actually used a red puzzle piece because I was so sick and tired of the blue puzzle piece. And I do enjoy puzzles, but uh, I wanted to... <laughs> I, I I got so sick of seeing it. And then when people uh, didn't think that I was autistic, I put it on my shirt and wore a red puzzle piece of defiance every day because, again, I'm like that. So it's... But to most people, the blue puzzle piece, especially puzzle pieces in general, imply that we are somehow deficient, that we are lacking a piece, that we are ununderstandable, that we are puzzling in ourselves. Mm, and that is, it's a big thing that infantilizes us. And it's a big thing that makes us, uh, when neurotypicals see that puzzle piece logo on a license plate or puzzle piece logo on a bumper sticker or a puzzle piece on a shirt that says outracing autism. Uh, again, neurotypical people Holistics do not understand us at all. They find us very puzzling, but we don't. Right. So, yeah, I used to really identify with that puzzle. I didn't really understand Autism Speaks and ABA and some of the controversy. So I thought it was kind of like if you have breast cancer and there's the pink ribbon. Oh, that's like, a whole oh, thing in itself. Right. Well, that's why I bring it up. So I had this client who is ha, uh, went through breast cancer, breast cancer survivor, wrote a book about breast cancer. And I would bring, a, I don't know, I think we were doing her cover design and I brought up like putting a pink ribbon on there. I don't know. I'm like, what did I know? And it was like her head fell off. She's like, there will be no pink. There will not be that color pink, that shade of pink. That, And I'm like, oh, but those are the good guys. They have a whole charity. They've created, a, they're there to help. And so when I saw like the Autism Speaks 5K, I was like, great, the puzzle piece people, they're here to raise money to help autistic people. They felt like the pink ribbon people. These are the good guys. And so puzzle piece for me was like, oh, I was tricked. Like I thought that was yeah. our symbol. Yeah. And it is not. So, okay. So I see their logo above this. Uh, I, I will preface this by saying I'm a huge Eminem fan. And so I notice Eminem is autistic. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. But then I see the puzzle piece and I get like a little... It's a little bit of a red flag. I don't want to like rule out all logos with puzzle pieces. 
But then there's part two of this, which is the name of this group. And I have changed Facebook group names before. Um, You know, we have a company that has many Facebook pages for our authors. And it's not that hard to change a Facebook group name. You click on settings, change name, you type it, and then you hit save. So it's a maybe three second process. And in 2023, this group is hanging on to the name Asperger's Syndrome Awareness. Uh, Which of the three words would you like to talk about? Well, let's start about, uh, let's start with the first one because it it puts the ass into Asperger's. Yeah. So uh, one one of my favorite memes is a, a meme from Futurama that says, oh, yes, you're pronouncing that wrong like when you pronounce autism as the name of a nazi scientist because <laughs> yeah it, that's because again that's the thing hans asperger is well known for his work with as he called again back in the day it was called childhood schizophrenia but he was also instrumental in labeling asperger's children the useful autistic children, uh, the, quote, high-functioning autistic children that he saved from being murdered. But he also sent uh, roughly five, 600 children to their deaths for having, quote, low-functioning autism. So this is, this is a big thing. And Asperger's became, Asperger became known as, you know, the guy who worked with these children, who put them in work camps so that they could be useful. But to this day, it's it's still conflated with autism. Uh, so, uh, okay, so the DSM-4, uh, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, the big book of psychology that has all the psychological labels, which is ridiculously problematic in great many ways, had Asperger's disorder and autism both together. With the DSM-5, they were they were bundled into the same diagnosis as just autism. And in doing that, a lot of, quote, high-functioning autistics wanted to keep the label of Asperger's syndrome because they didn't want to be lumped in with the, quote, low-functioning autistic children. Because either you get autism, you get Asperger's, or you get, uh, uh, oh man, PDD. Uh, I want to say persistent, no, uh, Developmental disorder not otherwise specified because, again, the neurotypicals are the ones coming up with the language here. So, yeah, uh, autism is autism is autism. It's just that it's ex- expressed in different ways due to how the brain is hyperconnected. You might have hyperconnection in one area, not as much in another area. All brains are hyperconnected some way or another. That's why we have the intense sensations. That's why we have the intense emotions. But, you know, you might be able to be very eloquent and have a lot of speech, hyperlexia, or you might be able to speak very little and be apraxic. And that is a big defining moment for this high-functioning, low-functioning nonsense. So anyway, yeah, Asperger's persists to this day because of this perceived hierarchy of ability to communicate. And that is incredibly unfortunate. But yeah, syndrome, uh, awareness. Yeah, syndrome, again, implies that it's some sort of disorder to be explored and cured. And awareness means that that's really the least we can accept from people in being made aware (laughs) instead of accepted or celebrated or bow to our dominance. And (laughs) I'm aware. What do I get for that? Like, um, 
So this group has 342,000 followers. Good Lord. Not a small number. And it says Asperger's Syndrome Awareness follows Brian's journey to become an Asperger's advocate. Oh, God. That is the whole description of the group. 342,000 followers, 355,000 likes. Do you think anyone in the last decade has alerted Brian to the fact that we don't use any of these three words, but we definitely don't use the word Asperger's? Can you imagine someone might have told him? Because I will tell you, people found a way to mention it to me right quick. Yeah, and that's that's a thing, especially when you... Again, I am a parent advocate myself because my son is autistic, as am I. But I'm not going to exploit my son by making everything about him, making YouTube videos, saying, look at my son's meltdowns, look at my son's difficulties, look at my son's this, because that is inhumane. And when an holistic person makes a group around their autistic child specifically to exploit that to get the views, that is ridiculously problematic. Right. Now, I will say I've not read this whole page. I assume it's been around for a while. I didn't see a lot about Brian's journey. I'm so glad we're following it and, you know, his Asperger's advocate. But what I want to point out is changing the name of your group is not hard. And if you have a platform of 342,000 followers, you have a responsibility to educate yourself. So this is a decision. This isn't like, oh, it's really hard to change the name. Once you have people in the group, you can't change the name. I've been super busy. There's posts every day, many posts every day. Like I haven't had time to change the name. I've abandoned this page since 2013. No, none of So I have not had a conversation about why the name has not been changed, but... There is a very clear body of evidence of why we have upgraded that term. And it's a statement to keep. At this point, to me, it's a statement to keep it. Yeah, Maybe a little pathological demand avoidance. I'm not sure. But hanging on to that term, I noticed that. And those were the two things. Well, those are the three things that drew me to it. I'm like, oh, Eminem, love him. Oh, puzzle piece. Interesting choice. And really? Asperger? Oh, we're using the term Asperger? Oh, and let me check this out. So I preempted this episode. And then the this uh, meme, which went very viral this week, um, has a lot of controversial comments, which I also got sucked into, a lot of them stemming from the fact that Eminem has not publicly addressed the rumors, we're going to talk about whether they're rumors, surrounding this diagnosis. Yeah. So, um, you know, I've had people say, uh, obviously I've seen in a lot of the comments, why do people have to talk about it? Like, you know, doesn't matter. Couldn't we just keep it a secret? Right. So that's a thing. I've had people, I've, you know, there's a lot of comments about he he isn't out as autistic. Like we shouldn't out him. And this post is Eminem is autistic. Um, I definitely want to talk about the contributions that Eminem has made to autistic culture. But um, 
I don't know. What are your thoughts? You've read some of the controversial comments. Do you have any thoughts on any of that before I give you a little more background? It is my belief, especially due to the heritability of autism, that as this podcast title would suggest, autism is a culture. Autism is a, a heritage. Autism is the, the way that we are. And therefore, it should be treated differently than a medical diagnosis. I believe that autistic people need better representation. I believe that autistic people deserve better than to, again, be treated like a medical diagnosis. And I think that a lot of people have a very difficult time, especially if they're high profile, in coming out as autistic Mm -hmm. because they're met with a lot of criticism. Yes. Okay, so he uh, has not spoken about it, tweeted about it, been interviewed about it, but he has mentioned it in three songs. Three songs. That's a recurring theme. I'm going to give you a a couple of clips here, and then I want you to tell... So I have had this experience. I have written about my autism in, I think, at least three of my books. But then it's... we. I don't want to talk about it all the time because I am just a per. There are other things about me and I help people write books. And sometimes people have all these thoughts about autism. And then I don't feel like being an autism educator all the time. I just want to help people write books. And so it's not a secret, but like it's in my books. I do a podcast. Like I don't always want to talk about it. And I, I don't know why Eminem hasn't done an interview on it, but to me, and I want you to hear these clips and you be the judge, to me, he has come out as autistic because it's in his songs, but you could also write songs about fictional characters. So anyway, all right, I'm going to play you clip number one. This is from 2013, 10 years ago, 2013. So this a meme went around like he just wrote the song. Here is song number one. It is called Wicked Ways. And I'm going to just play you a short clip from this and then I'll share the lyrics. Here we go. Guess I got away with words. I can get away with murder. Ever heard of Asperger's? It's a rare condition. What you're suffering from when you simply don't care if it's an 80 degree day and there's no freaking air conditioning. Okay. So the lines are, guess I got away with words. I could get away with murder. Ever heard of Asperger's? It's a rare condition. And then he goes on. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. 2013, Asperger's. I was still using the word Asperger's in 2013, I will say. I I was too, and I wasn't uh, as out as that back in the day. (laughs) Right. So, okay. I mean, he also wrote a song about, I don't know, raping and murdering somebody. So I guess he could just be, it could just be a character in the song that has Asperger's. That's that's an option. All right, here's the next one. Same album. And this song is called Legacy. Here we go. I used to be the type of kid that would always think the sky is falling. Why am I so differently wired? Am I a Martian? What kind of twisted experiment am I involved in? Because I don't belong in this world. That's why I'm scoffing at authority, defiant often. Flying off with the handle at my mom. No cat, so I am not complaining. Yeah. Okay. 
I used to be the type of kid that would always think the sky is fallen. Now I think the fact that I'm differently wired is awesome. Because if I wasn't, I wouldn't be able to work words like this and connect crosswords and use my enemy's words as strengths to try and draw from them and get inspired off them. So, okay. Yeah, that's that's a very specific mindset to come from if one was creating a character. Because even when we have autistic coded characters written by neurotypical people, they don't get as specific as that. Right. That's what I think. So I'm not going to play you the third clip. I'm going to read you some of the lyrics. Uh, it's too close to some other lyrics, but... This gets a little trickier. This song is called Heat. It's from 2017. Yeah. And he says, uh, the song is called Heat. And he says, uh, girl, your body is lit. You're striking. I'm gas, girl. You're going to have to put them other chumps on the back burner. You got buns. I got Asperger's. Um. He's talking about her ass and it moves into a whole nother thing right quick, which is why I didn't play it. But uh, I get back burner and Asperger's. I get, and I love how he can rhyme things that are not rhyming and somehow back burner Asperger's. Like that is pretty cool. Uh, I'm sure he could have rhymed something with autism too. But yeah, yeah, that's 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 an interesting uh, that's an interesting thing that most people would not pull out of there, uh, especially. In 2017, with it, it being seen as problematic at the day, so right. yeah, that is so, that is fascinating. I don't think he's like an autism a scholar. I don't think he's like reading up on changes in the DSM by 2017. You probably shouldn't be using the word Asperger's. He has never said I have autism, but there are two songs uh, again, 2013. Uh, ever heard of Asperger's, but he doesn't say, I got Asperger's. He just says, I, I got away with words. I could get away with murder. Ever heard of Asperger's? Yeah. And then 2017, literally the words are, you got buns, I got Asperger's. Yeah. So he actually says, I have Asperger's. Like that is in the song. I know it's about some girl's ass, but that is in the song. And then we can tie in Legacy, um, where he talks about why am I so differently wired in my noggin um, and talks specifically about symptoms of autism. So my analysis is he has come out. I mean, he's come out as much as I've come out. Like, ah, I got Asperger's. And that's a big thing because when when you look at all the other stuff in his life, like his relationship with his ex, his uh, baby's mother, Mm -hmm. uh, when you look at his relationship with his own mother, when you look at 8 Mile, when you look at all of this stuff, it shows that he had a big issue relating to the other people around him who are not wired the same that he is. He's got big emotions and he gets... uh, Ironically, back in the day, back when I used to run quote-unquote social skills groups, Eminem's lyrics were a big thing that I used back in the day in order to help with self-expression because, Uh uh, you know, the manly men that I worked with could not write poetry, 
but boy, they could write a rap. And yeah, using, not the same thing. Not at all. No, no, no. no. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing. Eminem said, oh, yes, I've got all these great big emotions and I will put them to paper because that is one thing that uh, will help me. And when I did the summer program, uh, I used to do an intensive outpatient program for autistic kids. One of the challenges that we had, we, we played this game called Insult Dodgeball. Okay. <laughs> and we, we, would, we would have this dodgeball that had these generic insults on it. Uh, all this, they, they all agreed upon the insults. You would throw the ball and you would have to avoid it until you earned armor. And they would develop armor. We would do it as coping skills and they could make their own like chest armor with all the stuff that protects their heart and draw all the stuff that protects their heart on there. Mm. They would have capes, all the stuff that lifts them up. They would have swords, swords of anger that broke very easily by design because I ordered really cheap paper swords and they all got mad that their cheap ass paper swords were broken, Mm. which is the lesson in itself. And they had these double sided swords that were inflatable that were much sturdier, that were traits that could help them, but also could hurt them because you don't want to do that. One of the things about this... Sword. Exactly. And yeah. I have them uh, all have these inflatable guitars they could strap to themselves to block the dodgeball. If they could make a song about their life and get some of this stuff out, Eminem was a big influence on that. And again, this worked really, really well with autistic kids. Yeah, I think it worked really well with Eminem. He is among the best-selling artists of all time. Worldwide sales over 220 million records. I read in the UK music magazine, NME, that he was the best-selling music artist um, of all time. But uh, that definitely in the US, in the 2000s, he was the best-selling music artist of all time. Uh, Best male music artist in the 2010s. He was named Artist of the Decade, 2000 to 2009. He had 10 number ones, all consecutively debuting on the number one chart. He has a very rare, um, but he has 15 Grammy Awards, eight American Music Awards, seven Billboard Music Awards, and the very rare one, which is the Academy Award for the song from 8 Mile. So I think the first and maybe still only hip-hop artist to have that, a Primetime Emmy Award, many MTV Awards, and in November of 2022, so very recently from when we're recording this, he was inducted with Dolly Parton into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Nice. That's very impressive. Yes. So uh, when we talk about how important special interests are and, you know, jobs tend to be challenging for autistic people unless you get a job in your autistic interest, uh, Eminem has clearly made a career using his special interest and his hyperlexia, which we will talk about soon. That's a good one. Um, There is a controversy about him being homophobic. There's some some other stuff I'm not going to get too much into. um, But I will say, um, actually, I'll have you say this. I will not make you do this in a British accent. However, this is from Elton John, and he is talking about being in rehearsal with Eminem for they did a duet of Stan at the 2001 Grammy Awards. Oh, yeah. And this is what Elton John said about that. When Eminem made his entrance, I got goosebumps. 
the likes of which I have not felt since I first saw Jimi Hendrix, Mick Jagger, James Brown, and Aretha Franklin. Eminem was that good. I just thought, fuck, this man is amazing. There are very few performers who can grab you like that the first time. Only the greats. John further praised Eminem, saying, Eminem is a true poet of his time, someone we'll be talking about for the decades to come. He tells stories in such a powerful and distinctive way. As a lyricist, he's one of the best ever. Eminem does for his audience what Dylan did for his. He writes how he feels. His anger, vulnerability, and humor come out. Hmm, that gave me chills. Um, I like that. That's some super, strong praise. Strong praise. Super close friends. We're going to talk eventually about Eminem's challenges with addiction. And um, Elton John called him every day after he relapsed uh, in oh. 2008, 2009, and really got him back to sobriety. So it was, I, I don't know if he was his official sponsor, but in AA speak, Elton John was basically Eminem's sobriety sponsor. So that's awesome. Very cool relationship that they developed there. So uh, homophobia, that song, Eminem, I don't know, but very cool friendship between Elton John and Eminem and lots of respect that goes both ways. We love sharing stories of autistic culture. And if you are seeing yourself in any of these stories and you're wondering if maybe you're one of us or maybe you're already diagnosed or self-diagnosed and you want to know if Matt can help you live your life better and be more authentically autistic, check out his website at mattlowerylpp.com. That's Matt, M-A-T-T, Lowry, L-O-W-R-Y. And then that L-P-P, it stands for Licensed Psychological Practitioner. So head on over to mattlowrylpp.com and learn more about working with my buddy, Matt. So where is this anger, vulnerability, where are all these big emotions coming from? Um, we talked about the social, socially awkward. He, so Eminem at a young age was obsessed with drawing comic book characters and he never wanted to go out he regularly, this is from his mom's biography, and she wrote about how he would fake being sick to stay home. And all he wanted to do was draw comic book characters and write poetry. And so oh. he used to make draw, make these comic books. And he said that the characters were his friends, that he didn't need real life friends because he would make them up. Friends, family, and fictional characters, I told you. I thought you might like that one. This this fits with Matt's three Fs. And like, I don't think he felt like they weren't real. Like for him, the he was, those were his friends. He made them up. They had whole lives and they were his, they were his friends. And why would you want to go to school if you could stay home with your friends and draw comic book characters? So... However, he was forced to go to school and something happened which shaped Eminem's life. Two days before his ninth birthday, a bully named D'Angelo Bailey split his lip open, 
knocked the wind out of him and then began a beating campaign. A couple months later, Bailey rolled up a snowball, which had like, I don't know, like a big ice shard in it. And when he threw it at Eminem's face, he broke his nose and then beat him up with a broken nose. But the worst incident that is in um, the song Brain Damage, it's an Eminem song. This is when Eminem was at his most vulnerable. His back was turned and he was actually peeing. And D'Angelo Bailey came up behind him and beat the hell out of him into an inch of his life, leaving him with sustained injuries to his head, face, back, and legs. His mom sued the Detroit school system for failing to protect her son. He had a concussion, loss of vision in one eye, And uh, the suit was dismissed on the grounds that because it was a school, they had governmental immunity. And oh my God, through schools, have we fixed that? And if not, can we fix that? That sounds horrid. It's horrible. So at that moment, she pulled him out of school. He left. He changed school. He went to twenty different schools. Oh, wow. And generally, even as a young age, couldn't keep a job longer than a few months. So I don't know if you want to talk about this for a minute, um, but switching schools, switching jobs, I think those are pretty key features that autistic people experience. Yeah, there, there's a big thing, especially when it comes to masking and coping skills, because we get overloaded a lot and we can hold it together for a little bit under various circumstances. But when it gets to the point where we can't hold it together anymore, and when people start to see through the mask, that's the point where we have to change things. Because especially if he's trying to mask and trying to not be bullied, and that mask starts to crack, and they say, oh, you're not nearly as tough as you first put on, that's the time to bail. If he has a job, and he's overwhelmed with the job, then that's the time to bail. And this is a very, very common thing for autistic people. Mm-hmm. And here's what Eminem said. I was beat up in the bathrooms, in the hallways, shoved in the lockers. For the most part, be- just for being the new kid. What got me through this phase of life was rapping. I found something. Yeah, this kid over here may have more chicks or better clothes, but he can't do this like me. I started to feel like I was getting a little respect. Oh, Um, here is what I think is really fun about autistic culture is we have our special interests. And if we tap into them early, and obviously comic books was a big one for him, but also writing poetry and then rapping. And a lot of people want to take away our annoying special interests. Why do you keep talking about German tanks? Why are you doodling nonstop in class? And I think this is a great example of how a special interest can also save your life. Yes, yes, absolutely. Because when you have something to live for, because that's the thing, neurotypical people who bond socially, superficially have what they believe are hundreds and hundreds of friends. They're, they're not friends how we define friends, but they see all these friends and all this support. They don't have the level of emotional intensity that we do, and it especially doesn't lead to suicidal ideation. 
we have intense emotions, we are often isolated. And without something like our special interests to dive into, to give us purpose, to give us identity, the, the siren's call of suicide is one that far too many people succumb to. Mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. Um, if you watch the movie Eight Mile, you see the character that Eminem plays of himself younger. They actually show sensory overload. He is often pictured, and you can probably picture him on the bus with headphones on, yep. which seems like, hey, this is a kid listening to rap music. But he always had headphones on, always had headphones with them. And if you watch that movie, Eight Mile Through an Autistic Lens, you can see that that is uh, a part of the way that he protects his energy. He also talks about, yes, we will model our headphones here. Um, He talks about, this is another quote, I obsess on everything. I think there's four or five songs where he talks specifically about OCD and names it. And I think there are a lot of people with autism who also have OCD. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the thing, because we live in a chaotic world. And in in order to deal with a chaotic world, we need form. We need rituals. We need order. We need a way to control the chaos. And that often comes across to outsiders as OCD when it's just chaos management. Mm, Yeah. And then obviously, I say obviously, but maybe you're listening and you don't know Eminem. Uh, There's a lot of violence. There's a lot of violence in the hip hop world in general. But in Eminem's world, there's a famous kind of fantasy murder song. And anger and anger management, his mom says, has been an issue since he was very young, that there was a lot of managing his violent outbursts. Yeah. And getting overloaded is a big thing for us because we don't get angry. We get, oh man, explosive. That's a big thing for us, especially if you're bullied on a constant day-to-day basis. That is overwhelming. Yeah. So that, I think all of those aspects, all of the symptoms that come from being autistic and then not having always the tools to manage them. Obviously, he was born in 1972, so there weren't, you know, supports and systems in place, obviously, but anger, OCD, sensory overload, dealing with all of that what's the one place he felt safe was his special interest. So I mentioned writing poetry. I mentioned comic books. And now I've got a fun one for you right out of the White Boys with Autism playbook. He was obsessed with dinosaurs. Aren't we all? (laughs) That That is what I heard. So should you bump into Marshall Mathers, ask him about dinosaurs. He has an encyclopedic knowledge of dinosaurs. He read every book he could get his hands on on the prehistoric age. And you'll like this one because I think you mentioned this with your playgroup. He refused to take off when he was a little boy. He had a Batman cape and he refused to take off his own Batman cape. That's awesome. I feel like he would have done well in your camp. 
Oh yeah. 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 I, I, that's, that's the thing. A lot of the kids I worked with, uh, one of, uh, one of my favorite kids, uh, did not just, uh, enjoy Star Trek, but wrote an entire series, uh, from start to finish 26 episodes, all the characters, uh, scripts for every episode, because we don't do anything half-assed. We go all the way for something that we really love. And right. if, if he loves Batman, then by God, he, he will dress for the job he wants, not for the job he has. That is right. Uh, when we go in, we do go all in. So it is time for us to visit the world of addiction, Matt. Oh, yeah. That, this, this one is, Eminem yeah. talks about a lot. So he talks about being addicted to Vicodin, Ambien, and Valium. Yeah. And this all started when he was, uh, during the production of 8 Mile, he was working 16-hour days. I, oh. you know, haven't made a film, but I suspect it's very high stress. And then add, it's about your life. And he says during making 8 Mile, he developed insomnia. Oh, yeah. Didn't know what to do. And then he got an Ambien tablet. And then, yes, he was just as excited about Ambien as dinosaurs. Yeah. This is actually a very common thing for us because I I have not met an autistic person yet who doesn't have some sort of sleep problem because we have difficulty shutting off our brain and getting to sleep. We have difficulty sleeping through the night, especially if we have something on our minds, if we have something big the next day, if we have something that we haven't done yet our brains inevitably wake us up through the night. We also tend to have sleep apnea because our meat bodies just forget to breathe. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of the anxiety, a lot of the depression, a lot of the health problems that come along with being autistic can be attributed to sleep disorders. Yeah, I mean, it It does make sense. It, it all sort of connects that he takes the Ambien, he gets a good night's sleep, then he's able to go back to the film set and work. And then that night, you're not like, well, I guess I won't have the Ambien. Yeah, because he found something that works. Why stop something that works? Mm -hmm. we, are, we are creatures of habit. If we find something that works, we continue with it until the day we die. Yeah. Well, he became addicted around 2002 and he has been sober since 2009. Uh, in the middle, he did two albums called Relapse and Recovery. So he got clean, wow. he relapsed, and then recovery. Relapse and Recovery, two of his best selling albums. So, I mean, turned it into some good, uh, good fodder for his career. And I am confident that coming back to the monotropic focus of writing rhymes is probably the place where he felt most able to not relapse into the addiction. So he talks about how music helped him with that and particularly his obsession with rhymes. So going back, to his childhood and this book that I read that his mom wrote, it's called My Son Marshall, My Son Eminem. She talks about the fact that he started speaking in full sentences before he was two. Oh, uh, yeah. And he quite annoyingly would nonstop hum and bounce himself in his car seat and high chair. So he was oh. bouncing and humming and had trouble sleeping as a baby. So Ooh. 
stimming nonstop. Yeah, stimming <laughs> yeah, nonstop. Right? Echolalia, palalalia, hyperlexia, all sorts of stuff that you would find if you were doing an, an autism evaluation on a young kid. Yeah. So that's why I said, I'm like, I think you could have uh, diagnosed him back in the day. He he He's a classic. And, and I think he has come out in my estimation. Like, so I, I, what do you want him to do? Interviews about it all day? What am I going to tell you? He wrote, I have, I have Asperger's. I don't know. But I think the reason why I really wanted to celebrate Eminem today is that the hyperlexia, the special interest, it is all part of monotropism. Mm -hmm. And the intense world stuff, the sensory overload, the difficulty regulating, the OCD as a coping method, the challenges with having to be friends with real people when your comic book characters are so much more fun and you just want to get back to your monotropic focus, which would make anyone angry, how all of those things might look like the symptoms of autism, but really the big symptom is this monotropic focus and his special interest. That's really the, that's really, I think, who he is, is a rapper, a poet, a creator, creating these worlds, creating these environments. And then things come in when you're little, like you have to go to school. Um, when you're older, maybe it's bullying or beefs that kind of get in the way of that monotropic focus. And it can be hard to balance what that, how you manage in that world, especially without tools or knowing that this is part of who you are. Yeah, and that's a big reason why a lot of autistic people fall victims to substance abuse because without that level of self-awareness, without knowing that you have an autistic brain and that the, the problems that you face in dealing with the neurotypical world are not your problems. It's just a mismatch from mm. you know the world's expectations and your own. A lot of people fall victim to alcoholism and to drugs, and that's a big reason why our life expectancy is 36 because so many people die from addiction, because we, we have to find a way to get ourselves to sleep at night, to deal with the intense anger, to deal with the intense sadness, to deal with the intense anxiety. Every emotion we feel is overwhelming at times. And yeah. there, there's an escape there. And it sounds like his biggest escape is through music. And that's fantastic because when autistic people do find an outlet for that, it's a lifesaver. And the rhyming. So his goal was to make every single word rhyme in the song. He thinks about rhyming in a way I didn't even know existed before I mean, the first, probably the first Slim Shady. I was like, I think I missed his first album, but definitely Slim Shady. He came into my awareness. And I remember thinking like, oh, this is Shakespeare. Yeah. Like yeah. it's incredible. And I know you might, not you, but one might not like all of the subject matter that he covers, but the way that he gets these rhymes to work is just... Yeah. And, and that's the thing. That's, that's his coping mechanism for processing all this because we don't 
physically tend to feel emotions, again, with the alexithymia. Whereas neurotypicals mm-hmm. say, where do you feel that? I feel my anger in my arms. I feel my anger in my legs. <laughs> we, that's that's a foreign language to us. We right. might get headaches. We might get chest pains. We might get stomach aches. And we say, I'm feeling big. And this is a thing for him to process all this. And especially with the violence stuff, because if we're really, really, really mad, we think about it. We're much less likely to engage in violence than neurotypical people, according to statistics. But again, saying it and getting it out there is a way for him to cognitively process all these feelings of frustration and anger and sadness. That's Mm -hmm. a very, very typical way for us to be atypical. When autistic people find a special interest, they go deep and have a lot of knowledge, even if they don't have that formal education background to go with it. If you want to capture your spin in a book, check out Angela's work at differencepress.com, differencepress.com, and find out more about becoming an author and establishing your credibility with a book. So, okay, let's do a little analysis of these lyrics from Legacy. I used to be the type of kid that would always think the sky is fallen. Yeah. What what does that bring up? It sounds like expectation sensitivity to me, which is a form of executive dysfunction that autistic people have. Because again, we live in a world of chaos and it's unpredictable. So if something bad goes wrong, it's going to go all the way wrong. Mm-hmm. And I know for me, I'll like game it out. Like I'll slightly slide on the road when I'm driving and I'm mm-hmm. at my funeral in 10 seconds. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, I slid, I hit the tree, I hit another car, I killed someone, I died. I went like, it's like it goes so fast. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Why am I so differently wired? Am I a Martian? Oh yeah. That's autistic people have this otheredness because we know that we are not like the neurotypicals around us. We know that we are not like the holistic people around us, but yet we don't have the language to express why because we've got eyes and nose and a mouth. We look like other people, but we are not accepted. We speak differently. We are indeed actually wired differently. And Mm -hmm. that might be a thing that he hit on with that because that's a very coded reference to their neurology. Yeah, this is right around when I was I was diagnosed in 2013, September of 2013. And this is when I found Wrong Planet, which mm-hmm. is a website run by Alex Plank uh, for the autism community. And I remember just the name of the website. It was wrongplanet.net, not .com. I don't know if it still is. But even just that, everything about it, I was like, I this is my place. Wrong yeah. planet. That's exactly what it felt like. Exactly. Okay, his next line is, what kind of twisted experiment am I involved in? Because I don't belong in this world. Yeah. Yeah. Being plugged Depression. From, yeah. Uh, yeah. You just don't fit in. And this is a this is a big reason why we retreat into fictional characters because we fit in with the fictional characters because we understand mm. them. We they don't judge Especially us. Especially if you create them. Exactly. The what kind of twisted experiment am I involved in? I remember thinking there were so many times when I would do something I thought holistic people would like and they didn't like. Yeah. And there was a TV show when I was growing up called Candid Camera. Yeah. And a big theme in my life was feel I always thought that I was on candid camera because people's reactions were so different that I 
thought they were fucking with me. Yeah. yeah. Eventually there was an MTV show called Punked later. Yeah. And I, and so there's a phrase, am I being punked? Which is like, am I in candid camera? So in my head, it switched from candid camera to punk, but it's just like, am I being punked? Am I in candid camera? Are you kidding me? Yeah. So what kind of twisted experiment am I involved in? Like that one hit me. Then he says, that's why I'm scoffing at authority, defiant often, flying off at the handle at my, with my mom. Yeah. So scoffing at authority, defiance, flying off the handle at my mom. Please address. Number one, I love the word choice on that because, again, scoffing is a very specific choice on there to, to not just, you know, chafe against authority, to not just mm-hmm. be frustrated with, but to blatantly say, oh, no, we'll I scoff. disregard you. And yeah, exactly. We're scoffers. And, and this is a big <laughs> thing about uh, our relationship with neurotypical authority figures, school and parents, in that we are much more egalitarian and we will say, we, we will treat people as human human beings rather than as authority figures. And if they were, if we feel they are wrong, we will say so. This Mm -hmm. is not something that neurotypicals like. Neurotypicals love authority. Neurotypicals need that hierarchy. And therefore we become problematic to them when we do not adhere to their authority. Yes. So then he says, so I'm non-compliant at home. At school, I'm just shy and awkward. Yeah, because it's safer to be non-compliant at home because you don't want to have the people come down on you at school. That's a big reason why I don't uh, give out school teacher or teacher questionnaires anymore. Because once again, I I know a teacher who believes that girls can't be autistic. But generally speaking, if a kid behaves in a classroom, they say, "Oh, can't be autistic." Clearly behaving, right? So shy and awkward, maybe kind of like masking, at least trying to stay under the radar, maybe not get beat up as we'll hear in a minute. Trying not to be criticized. Mm -hmm. So then he says, I don't need no goddamn psychologist trying to diagnose why I have all these underlying problems thinking he can try and solve them. Ah, Right? Yes, because there's something inherently wrong with him that a neurotypical with a, a God complex needs to fix. Right. So he was non-compliant with therapy. Yeah. Because he didn't want to be fixed. Hello, newsflash. Yeah. It, it, I love that line. Thinking he could try and solve them. So then he says, I'm outside chalking up drawings on the sidewalk and in the front drive talking to myself, either that or inside hiding in a quarter somewhere quiet, trying not to be noticed. Yeah. So he's chalking up drawings, which we know his special interest is drawing, or he's talking to himself, which is how he created his raps and his poems. Yeah. Either that, so if I'm not in my special interest, drawing or writing poetry, either that or I'm inside hiding often in the corner somewhere quiet, trying not to be noticed because I'm crying and sobbing. I had a bad day at school, so I ain't talking. Oh, wow. We've got situational mutism going on. Right? Wow. Yeah. So maybe it's a fictional character, Matt. If it is a fictional character, he knows way more about autistic kids than most writers. Yeah. And it's describing, you know, things we know about his life. We know he was into comic books. We know he was drawing. We know he was writing poetry. We know he had fights at school. So, 
Yeah. I'm just going to say... It, it really seems like he's hitting all the high marks. And especially because most of the stuff he mentioned is not in the DSM. Because again, the DSM right. only looks at how neurotypicals experience autism, not how we experience it ourselves. He has an intimate knowledge about the things that make us autistic. Yeah. Yep. And that is why I say, my friend, Eminem is autistic. I, I welcome him to our club. I And see. Yeah. <laughs> If he, if he is listening to this, he is welcome in Autistica anytime, and uh, we'd be happy to have him. Yes. So amazing, amazing contributions to society. Just incredible. One of the best writers of our generation, obviously, Elton John said that, but um, I agree. Absolutely. So with that, Matt, I'm going to turn the microphone over to you and ask you, tell me one thing you loved about being autistic this week. Uh, I am still uh, we're, I'm still working on a series of classes with Macy's Sotantio, and uh, we are we are getting into some really nitty gritty stuff, and we are learning. Uh, uh, well, we're we're communicating a lot of important stuff with people who don't who might not understand us as well as they think they do. And I love getting the word ab out about what it means to really, really be autistic. And we're getting into a point where we're getting ready to challenge the whole ABA model and educate people as to why we need to do autistic-centered therapy instead of ABA. Because like Eminem was saying, that... <laughs> The, the goal of autistic-centered therapy is not to change the autistic person. It's to help the autistic person be a more authentic autistic version of themselves. And this involves, you know, meeting other autistic people, interacting in autistic ways, confronting all the bad messages that you've received with the internalized ableism, learning how to handle a sleep schedule and learning how to handle, you know, big emotions and learning how to be the best person you can possibly be and be open about it and advocate for yourself and your fellow autistic people instead of just conforming. Because... I, I know that conformity is big among the holistic community, but it's just not how we're wired and it's not how we can live. We need to be authentically autistic. And I love getting the message out and I love working with Maisie to get this out to people who might not otherwise listen to it. And I really, really hope that it makes a difference. I saw the first class when it came out. I am excited about these future ones. We will put a link in the show notes. Very excited to share those with you. I, I saw a link go up the other day, so I'll make sure I drop it in the show notes. And just for fun, I'll put some links to some M&M videos for you all so you can check out Wicked Ways, Legacy, and I'll even put one to heat for the for the dirty folks who want to hear the sexy song that I didn't play for you. So thank ah. you uh, for being my partner in this adventure. We will see you guys back here next week. Comment below. Do you think Eminem's autistic? And what's your favorite Eminem song? Thanks for listening to the Autistic Culture Podcast. If you like this show, you can help other people find it by taking a few minutes to rate and review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. And remember, no one ever changed the world by being like everyone else.